Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast. I'm Brian Jackson along with Christopher Hughesby. Excited we have a, we have a young, talented kicker here on the podcast. He's been with a few NFL teams and preseason camps. Uh, was also in the AAF that is folded, so we'll definitely talk about that. And he also competed in the SEC, played for Texas A&M. Uh, welcome to the show, Taylor Bertolette. How's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, Taylor, for being on the 4th Down Experience Podcast. We're excited. So let's kind of talk, start off with kind of the, the latest hot topic here. You know, you, you spent some time in the AAF, and we just found out recently that uh, it, it folded up shop. So I guess let's just tell the audience what your experience was like with the Salt Lake Stallions and then maybe how you guys found out about the league and, you know, what's going on next. Yeah, so it's unfortunate the way that, you know, it ended. Everyone now knows that, you know, the league folded up. Um, there's a lot of really good things that was happening. That's the unfortunate thing. You know, in my opinion, it was great football. It was great coaching. Um, There's a lot of really good things that were happening. It was giving guys an opportunity to compete, you know, to get more film, to stay relevant as a kicker, you know, or a punter or a specialist. It's something that you need because you need that opportunity. That's what you're striving for. You're fighting for as a free agent. Um, So it's unfortunate for that. You know, hopefully there will be another lead that will step up and be an opportunity to develop for for young talent out there. but yeah, I had an overall a great experience. You know, there's there's nothing really to complain about with the AAF. So it gave me a great opportunity to you know to keep playing, and that's what really what it's all about, right? Yeah, absolutely. What was one of kind of one or two or three of your fond experiences that you had with the AAF in its first season? Yeah, so I think it was for me and my personal experience. We had to kick a lot of. Uh, a lot of long field goals, so for whatever reason, our offense kept getting stopped. So, you know, it's always fun to run out on the field and have an opportunity to kick a lot of long kicks, which is what I did this past season. Um, so that, you know, we had a cold game where we were out in the snow. So wow. there's not too many opportunities to go kick out in the snow. I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, so I'm used to used to training and kicking in the snow, so it's not anything new, new to me. But that was the first time there was – you know, the field was completely covered in snow to where you had to, you know, almost worry about your footing when you're out there. So I think that was another cool experience to go out and kick field goals in the snow. Yeah. Nice. So, obviously, there was a lot of rumors leading up to what was going on and the AAF ending. How did you guys find out, you know, as a, as a team or individually about, you know, it was, you know, closing up shop? You know, in today's, you know, sport culture, you find a lot of things out on social media, unfortunately. So I had a, a couple of friends and family members when it hit immediately call me and text me. And I wasn't sure what to believe. And you're never really certain what to believe when you see that stuff because, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there that aren't always true, especially um, for what we were in and started in the AAF. And, you know, there was issues and complications with a couple of things, you know, being a startup. So I wasn't sure what to believe. And then we had a, a team meeting um shortly after the news broke all over twitter and espn and that kind of clarified 
what was going to happen. And we were still kind of in lieu once we were notified about the issues that were going on. We didn't really find out until later on that night, um, you know, that everything was basically done with at that point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Uh, but, you know, the good thing is you have some film. And just out of curiosity, I know you said you're from Pennsylvania, and I know you spent time with the Rams. You've been on the West Coast. But getting up there in Salt Lake, did you notice any, any difference with your ball flying a little farther or higher? Yeah, I think so. I think there was a little bit of a difference. Nothing too crazy. I think once you get higher up in elevation, so I, I was signed with Denver after after the Rams, and I think that in Denver, and I played a preseason game there, that ball really does fly, and I, I did notice a difference where you know the ball is going a couple yards farther, a little bit higher on kickoff. Um, but Salt Lake, you know, it was a little bit different, but not not too crazy. Nothing. You, know, oh, so you, mentioned, unusual. you mentioned Denver, Taylor. Maybe talk about that. Tell, tell the audience kind of about your pro career after Texas A&M. Talk about which uh, which teams you've been with, so that way everyone knows. Yeah. So after A&M, I signed as an undrafted free agent with Los Angeles Rams. Was there, had an opportunity to compete, get my first taste of the NFL, um, get in some preseason games, get some good film out there. And then after that, I signed with the Broncos last year. I was there in OTAs at the very beginning of it. Didn't really have too much of a chance to compete. And then was released and had an opportunity to sign with the Jets right after that. And then was in preseason in camp and competed all throughout that as well. So I had really good opportunities and experiences pretty much everywhere I've been so far. So I mean, that's three years in a row now you've been with NFL teams, and or I guess two years in a row with three NFL teams, and then... The AAFs, I mean, coming out of A&M, like, you're looking pretty good, man. I mean, it took Nick Novak, I think, seven or eight years before he finally landed to a full season, you know, doing this. So what do you think is going to happen next for you? Yeah, I mean, you got to be persistent. I mean, I think that that's the, that's the name of the game with kickers nowadays and, and with all the free agent guys who are out there. There's a lot of really talented people. So, yeah, you got to be persistent, but... You know, I'm going to train. I'm going to stay ready. You know, my motto is you never have to get ready. If you're always, if you always stay ready. So, you know, that's that's a big part of it. Train, stay ready, you know, stay by the phone, and, uh, you know, always be ready. Yeah. So what have you learned over these, you know, three teams, you know, this kind of half season that will you could take to kind of up your game in the off season in terms of maybe how you train or who you train with? You know, what, what are some things you might try to do a little bit different this time? Yeah, I mean, from a training perspective, you, mean, you always learn. Every year, every team, every opportunity, you're always picking up things. I mean, I feel like you got to. If you want to get better and you want to last in whatever league, whether you're you know, your high school kicker, your college kicker, or you're competing for a spot in the NFL, I mean, you got to learn. I think from a training perspective, it's just not to go – at this point, I'm coming out of season, so I think like there's there's points and times where you have to know when to kick a lot and when to you know kind of back off and hit the weight room um, and kind of just tailor your training towards that. So right now, and I'm going to stay ready to kick because there's going to be opportunities for workouts and tryouts here with the OTAs and the NFL starting up. But you know, not to overdo it. I think just not overdoing it in general, knowing when to cut off kicking, you know, knowing when. You know, I'm out training and I've hit enough footballs to stop. Um, is I think it's something that you have to learn over years. But a lot of young guys don't know when to do, you know, when to stop kicking, when to stop training. Um, you can get hurt. You know, when I was in college, I had a double hernia and some injuries and surgeries that I had to bounce back from. So 
kind of learning from that, knowing, you know, as you mature, you know not to do that. Um, from a mental perspective, so after I got released from the Rams, I wanted to get my master's in sports psychology at Cal State Fullerton in California. And I think that is like the biggest piece that you always grow as a kicker um, in particular is that mental aspect. So I think just not overthinking it. You know, if you don't have a perfect kick is, you know, you don't have to go back and look at every single part of your mechanics to figure out exactly what I need to do to fix it. There's a point in time, you know, when you got to think about what you're doing if you're mishitting the ball consistently. And there's a point in time to kind of just shrug it off, you know, and, and just take it one kick at a time and not overthink what you're doing out there. Just trusting your skills, trusting your mechanics. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, we always like to ask, too, you know, guys that are, are going through it. You know, we have a we have a nice young generation of specialists. You know, what are a few little tips that you might give to young aspiring kickers that, you know, that you've sort of learned maybe late in the game that could help these kids have a little bit more success early on in their careers? Yeah, okay. I think from a mental perspective, it's being okay with having, you know, jitters, with having nerves. You know, it's normal. It's normal to feel pressure. It's normal to have your, you know, to, to feel that heart rate increase or you're starting to sweat. You know, that's going to happen. You're in a high-pressure position, so get used to it. You know, enjoy it, thrive in that position. Um, that's what your that's what your job is. And then uh, when it comes time to actually going out there and kicking is – you know, if you're going to have a, a swing thought or something to think about, limit it to one thought. You know, don't you know, don't have ten different thoughts about what you need to be doing with your technique. You know, as a specialist, everything's very technical, but limit limit it to one thought. Simplify it. I think that's uh, those are two things I wish I would have known when I was younger, for sure. Yeah. So Taylor, when you were at Texas A&M, what um, what did you get your degree in, and then did you also did get a master's degree? Yeah, so my I got my undergrad at A&M was in psychology. I just had a great teacher and mentor when I was growing up in high school that I just took a liking to, and I thought psychology was extremely interesting. And then as I got older, I really started to work on my mental game, and I started actually working with sports like people um, when I was you know when I was in college, and it really started to help out with my game. So I figured, hey, look, if I don't have an opportunity to kick in the NFL. You know, I need to get more education because at this point, I can see myself working with athletes, working with teams on improving their mental game. And I, you know, I figured, you know, as a great plan B is to go off and apply to grad school and get, you know, get educated in this. Nice. What about your master's degree, Taylor? Did didn't you say something about a master's degree in between? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm actually the funny thing is I'm going back this uh, this weekend to figure out and take a uh, final exam for, and I'll be completely done with my master's in sports psychology. So sport and performance psychology, it's applied. So we did a lot of work, you know, my, in my master's program, basically been bouncing between NFL teams and going back to grad school, taking classes, signing, going to another team, and then going back to grad school and taking classes. So I was actually in uh, California living with one of my college roommates, Drew Kayser, who's currently one of the punters for the Oakland Raiders. And we're just sitting in his living room, got a phone call from my agent, and had an opportunity to sign with the AAF. So, you know, I took it, but I was there, currently living with him to train with him, and then uh, finish up this grad school degree in sports psych. So it was just funny how it worked out. So going back to Texas A&M, SEC, what, what was the experience like for you? What did you gain from it? And then 
kind of when you're done from that, you know, would love to tell the the listeners maybe what your recruiting process was like and how you earned that opportunity. Yes, yeah, so A&M was honestly an incredible experience. I feel like everyone loves their their alma mater and talks great about it, but, you know, and it says that it's different than everywhere else. But I truly do believe that A&M was an incredible place to play, and I was there during a great time you know, with the years of Johnny Menzel winning the Heisman. We had a lot of really good players coming out during that time. So when I was there, man, it was incredible. We had a huge renovation to basically everything that we had from facilities to the stadium to just, you know, with the crowds and, and how everything kind of changed from going from the Big 12 to the SEC because I was there in 2011 when we changed over to the SEC. So it was just cool to kind of see that shift. And I redshirted my, my freshman year, so we were still in the Big 12. Um, I got to travel and experience and see that. And then the shift to the SEC was it was just different. It became big boy football. You know, you, guys were much bigger, faster. You know, the talent in the stadiums became you know, that much fun, more fun to play in. That's great. So then how did you, what was the recruiting process like for you? Because Pennsylvania, Texas, not necessarily close. How did how'd you get your name out there? Was it a lot of grind on your end or was it rankings, yeah, it camps, it or what, what helped you out? It was. Yeah, camps, for sure. Starting out with camps, you know, kind of seeing where I'm at, you know. I thought I was pretty good at kicking when I was in high school, but I had no clue how I was going to stack up or compare to really anybody else. You don't know until you go and compete. So I went to camps, started to compete, go to showcases, you know, kind of get your name out there. But for, I don't know if it's changed now than when I was in high school um, coming out in 2011, but at that point you had to go to the college to go get seen by the coach. You could be the number one or number two rank kicker, which on certain sites I was number one or number two, but, that didn't really mean anything until I went on campus and then showcased my skills in front of the coaches, you know, met the coaches and, uh, you know, try to build a relationship with them. And then the offers are coming. And then you start getting, you know, bigger and better looks from teams that you're really interested in going to. And when A&M came across as an opportunity to, to get a full scholarship there, it was, it was pretty much a no brainer. Oh, I bet. Nice. Were there any type of drills that, that you like to do, you know, kind of, you know, there's a lot of guys that like to just kick on a light pole. I used to do that all the time. Uh, just any, any any drills that specifically that you like to do that uh, maybe could help some kickers listening to this? Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty simple when it comes to – pretty simple guy when it comes to drills. You know, you have your obvious no steps. You have your one steps, which honestly, you, know, you do those every day. It's kind of like a progression and a warm-up, but until you kind of nail it down, the contact aspect of what you gain out of those drills and hone in on that, you know, you always go back to that. If you're mishitting a kick, I'm going back to the fundamentals. I'm going back to contact. I'm going back, you know, to my rhythm through the football. So drills that kind of attack that is where I'm, where I'm going to go after. Very cool. Sure. And I think another drill, you know, this kind of goes unnoticed by a lot of, by a lot of guys, but you know, just, taking a kick from the sideline, you know, going through an actual game kick. Cause I feel like you can go out on the field and you can kick all day and be thrown into a game and everything changes. Cause you don't know how to handle, you know, the time constraint you have or the pressure that you're going to feel. So just kind of going through your process, your routine on a game kick is, I think that's like an invaluable drill that, you know, right. has to be done. Yeah. Taylor, I'm curious, obviously going to a big time program, you know, and sometimes it's not always talked about. We always, you know, talk about the pros and cons of social media. How do you handle social media while you're in season as a as a player in a big time program? 
don't read it. <laughs> you, just, you know, you're going <laughs> to... That's a good question. That's actually a great question. I feel like if I was, you know, talking to young kickers, it's that's a totally a new thing. I feel like social media hit real big when I was in college, you know. I think we only had Facebook <laughs> when I was going into college. It wasn't really anything too too crazy. Now you have Twitter, Instagram, and people can contact you and and you know I think it's it's definitely different. Um, you, you know, you can start reading a lot of your own press and, and eventually you're gonna have some good things written about you and you're you know, you can read into that all you want and eventually you're gonna have as a kicker or punter, you know, unfortunately you're probably gonna have some tough games. So being so linked and so tied to what everyone has to say about you on social media when it's great is going to be a bigger challenge for when things aren't so great that it's almost going to be really difficult to avoid and not read that or not see it. So I think it's been really helpful to just not, you know, stay off social media during the season. It's, you know, it's not going to help you. It's not going to get you any better as a kicker, in my opinion. So, And, and if your confidence is being boosted off of what someone else says about you, on social media, it's probably not the right kind of confidence that's going to sustain anyways. So, right. kind of my thought on it. That's, this has really been a joy to, to talk to you and just kind of hear your, your logic behind things and just you're very bright. Uh, Taylor, I'm just curious, you know, with your SEC experience, even out-of-conference play, along with uh, several preseason games you played in the NFL and even your AAF experience, uh, this is kind of our simple question on what are five stadiums that you enjoyed the most in your young career so far? Uh, you know, I think the obvious question for number one is going to be Kyle Field. You know, A&M's a really special place, the 12th man with all the traditions that are just unique to Texas A&M. It's, you know, separate from every other school that you're going to play at. It's loud. Um, there's a lot of people there. There's 106,000 people. That comes to the games. We have the biggest student fan section in all of college football with over 40,000 fans coming to every home game. And we're, no matter who we're playing, we're, we're selling it out, which is awesome. Um, and never, not every place is like that. So Kyle Field's got to be number one. Um, I think a, probably a clear number two is probably Alabama. And that's that place is when it's rocking and you're having a close game. My freshman year, we beat them, and that was just an incredible environment to play in. Uh, it's a nice field, so I think Alabama, LSU, again, right up there with the top SEC schools. You play there at night when you're playing LSU and under those lights. It's, uh, that's a completely different environment. And then from the NFL perspective, I think Cowboys, you know, Jerry World is a, it's a pretty incredible place. I got a chance to play there in college a couple times as well for some of our games and bowl games. So, I mean – Indoor kicking, what's better than that? And it's a great stadium. You know, it's a huge, huge, awesome stadium. In my last preseason game with the Jets, we played the Eagles. And growing up, I was an Eagles fan, so it was just kind of cool to kind of be in that environment and be on that field. So I think that's that's my top five. You're probably like our maybe 66th interview, something like that. Texas A&M and LSU and actually Cowboy Stadium, those are probably the three most popular uh, answers that we always get, so that's that's cool to hear. And I, I'm from Minnesota, so I guess I'm gonna have to come down and and check out a you know a game. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely something to check out. I got I got two little fun ones for you. Uh, one just came to mind as you as I was just thinking about Texas A&M. But uh, have you met the dude Perfect Crew from the Texas A&M area? Because didn't they go to school there? They did. I've 
met some of the guys, not every single one of them. They were joking around about doing a video with me and Drew when we were in college. Unfortunately, never got a chance to do it. And I'm not the biggest trick shot guy for what I can do with the football. I know that's what you, you guys' specialty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the best with, with the trick shots. But uh, I think Drew You never, you never know, Taylor. You never know. Yeah, I think I just had to practice. I think Drew's would have been much more entertaining than mine, his his part of the punning. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool there for me, man. You know, I'll just say this, Taylor. Um, Brian and I have done camps for probably about seven years now together. Brian was always the trick shot guy. And the one time I ever gave it a shot, first first swing, I hit a trick shot. So you never know how it could turn out. And so I hit it. I love it. So, well, Taylor, man, you've been a treat. I uh, really appreciate you taking 30 minutes to, to talk with us and giving us some really valuable insights, especially on the mental side, man. And, uh, we really wish you the best of luck moving forward, and hopefully the, the next time we talk, it'll be you know, after playing an NFL game. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it. Yep, appreciate it, Taylor. Thanks for being on, and hopefully we'll have you on again uh, at the next chapter of your life. All right, thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, man. All right, bye. He was great, man. I love I love the mental side of the game, man. He definitely knows what he's talking about as a young guy. Yeah, I thought so too. He's very well spoken, and he kind of just threw in some different tidbits for advice that you you know we haven't heard yet really for the podcast. And so I thought what he what he gave back was great, and hopefully all the listeners can just take take some of that and just become a better overall specialist, even if you're a snapper, but especially as your kicker and punter. So. That's cool. He, uh, he's had a pretty good career so far. He's got all the right elements, you know, Texas A&M and, and, and parts of the NFL and AFL. So, you know, he's probably going to get more opportunities, I think. So it'll be fun to watch. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, you know, we've had a great string of, of AAF interviews, and it's been fun to be in the loop with all that stuff. And hopefully you all enjoyed it as well. And uh, we got a good string of, of, of more interviews coming up especially guys that we had met that are kind of rising stars in the NFL that, that we all met out in, in Cali. So stay tuned, and, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Later. Later. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, This camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps, that's NKR underscore camps, or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. 
be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.